0: to this edition of the NAESP Advocacy Podcast. My name is Danny Carlson. I am NAESP's Assistant Executive Director for Advocacy and Policy. On today's podcast, we're gonna talk about principal pipelines. What are principal pipelines? What does that mean to have a principal pipeline in a district? Uh, But more importantly, what does it take to create and develop and sustain a high quality principal pipeline? And for that answer, we are going to talk uh, with some leaders in Prince George's County Public Schools, which is located outside of Washington, D.C., and with us for this conversation today, uh, we have Damaris Blondenville, who is the Senior Project Manager in Prince George's uh, County Public Schools, um, as well as Dr. Melissa Ellis, who is the Supervisor of School Leadership Programs in Prince George's County Public Schools. Uh, Hello, and welcome to both of you.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: <laughs> All right, well thanks for thanks for being on. Uh, so we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more about your your work in in Prince George's County. Uh before we d- uh, sort of jump in on that, let's uh let's hear a little bit more about you um sort of just your your work kind of generally in Prince George's County. Uh Demary's, uh can you, can you tell us about your, your 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 role?
1: Of course. Uh thank you uh Danny for having me on. Um I appreciate uh Uh, The ask by NASSP to find out a little bit more about uh, what Prince George's County Public Schools has done regarding uh, building a principal pipeline and sustaining uh, it. Um, Well, currently I am a senior project manager in Prince George's County Public Schools and I manage uh, various grants and projects within in the district formerly i was the project manager for uh the wallace principal pipeline uh initiative uh, grant that we received um, back in 20 i want to say 2011 2012 um and within that work i managed a lot of uh the programming around building and developing Um, some of the work that we have sustained over the past five or six years within the principal pipeline uh, in Prince George's County Public Schools so currently I'm managing another grant which is our teacher and school Leader incentive grant but really has a direct tie into building uh, that pool of uh, principals from our teacher leadership ranks and so we've gone even now a deeper layer into that principal pipeline and actually starting from the teacher leadership role Um, so Great to talk to you guys uh, this uh, morning about what we've been doing in Prince George's County Public Schools. All right, and Dr.
0: Ellis?
2: Good morning and thank you for the opportunity as well. So in my role as supervisor of school leadership programs, I'm the district supervisor in managing our principal pipeline programs. Um, We have programs that range from Um, first-year assistant principals um, all the way to our first-year principals and I'm responsible for managing those programs, making sure that we have individuals um, that can fill seats in those programs yearly. In addition to that, um, I also support the efforts of our systemic um, um, principal and assistant principal meetings. We have those quarterly um, throughout the school year as well as our summer leadership institutes for principals and assistant principals. So you can see that I have a lot of work that keeps me busy in the world of leadership development.
0: Yeah, great. Well, you both have a um, a big portfolio, (laughs) huge important uh, jobs Um, doing school leadership in a um, big, um, um, big kind of uh, diverse, um, high student population as Prince George's County, um, but it's really important work as we're going to talk about today. Um, well, let's jump in. So, principal pipelines. I, I think it's one of those those terms that you 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 know people sort of know and they use, but let's actually kind of um, kind of peel back a little bit. What um, you know, Damari, when when we say principal pipelines, what actually do we mean when we when we say that?
1: Well in in the role in in my role here in Prince George's County, again, especially with when we started to build a pipeline for us in Prince George's County, we were looking for an opportunity to identify the readiness level of individuals who would be um, you know, willing and able to enter into that pool that we could pull from when vacancies occurred. So that means again, looking at our assistant principal pool, uh, building capacity there, as well as looking at some of our individuals who were in various roles in the county who were interested in becoming principals. So it's about identifying the readiness level and the capacity level of individuals who could fill the principal uh, positions as they become available. Mm-hmm. And I think as Dr. Ellis mentioned, it's about making sure that you have individuals who could fill the seat. Um, and, and for those of you who may not know about Prince George's County Public Schools, we are a large district. I think we're the second largest in the state of Maryland, if I'm not mistaken, and we're very diverse. And so we are in a very, um, I call it a very highly competitive area for um, various roles, teachers, assistant principals, and principals. What I mean by competitive is that we are right next to the DCPS. <laughs> We're down the street um, from uh, Fairfax. Uh, public schools in Virginia, and we are around the corner from Montgomery County Public Schools. So Mm -hmm. we are all pulling from the same pool of qualified applicants to fill vacancies. So for us, it was imperative that we build our own internally. Uh, We were taking individuals and actually giving them opportunities to prepare for the principalship. So that's how we define it in Prince George's County Public Schools. Others may define it differently, but I'm going to let Dr. Uh, Ellis chime in on, on that as well.
2: Um, so from a program component of how I define it and how I've worked um, in the Office of Talent Development um, with the charge of building the pipelines, is that we just really focus on the hiring and the preparation of school leaders to fill those seats. So for me, it's always when we're looking at our program, making sure that our programs are aligned to the leadership standards. Um, we've evolved from using our own internal PGCPS standards and then we um, kind of moved into the ISLIC standards and now we're in the world of operating under PSAL standards. Mm -hmm. So for us, program alignment of standards is key to all the programs. Um, We also focus on um, shoring up any gaps or making sure that we are using the best selection and hiring techniques as candidates um, are prepared. But when we're doing the application process, are we doing the right type of Leadership assessments. Um, are we asking the right questions? And so we pay attention to that as well And then the most important thing that we kind of make sure that we have with our programs is okay Once you get the job. I mean once we've prepared you and you get the jobs What does that continued support look like so with our programs? We do have wraparound support for our new assistant principals as well as our, our newly hired principals and That's been the charge for us. And that's how I focus on um principal pipeline in terms of leadership development
0: yeah that's great let me try to um let me try to encapsulate what kind of you both said just so for folks listening Um, i think one thing that you mentioned that is just so so critically important is this idea of of standards and certainly high quality standards Um, Mm -hmm. that feels like it's got to be a starting point to kind of underpin all of the work and so anything that that a district does that that's going to be um, sort of cohesive and, and move, you know, move sort of a big system forward. It's, it's, you have to have a, that sort of North Star of what are we kind of, what are we driving towards? What are we, what are principles need to be able to know and do? Um, and then it's the actual work of how do you get the right folks kind of in the system. Is that a fair fair kind of uh,
2: yes. Yeah,
0: kind of encapsulation yeah, that, of, of that. Correct. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would just add uh, another thing that we're doing this year, we haven't done it yet but we have a um, new ceo and one of the things that um, she is going to do this year so we are embarking upon the hiring season for new leaders the applications have um, been out there posted on our system but she wants to articulate to our internal applicants you know what her vision is for leadership you know Mm -hmm. all right you can go through a program but this is what these are the critical attributes that i want you to have as a leader here in prince george's county so we're going to be um, offering some information sessions to um, candidates um, so she can articulate her vision of what a, a leader should have in terms of a principal who's leading a school as well as an assistant principal who's going to be the co leader of the school. And then I'm going to facilitate um, some information ses- sessions to applicants so they can be aware of the process because sometimes we tweak the process each year and applicants may or may not be aware of that. And so we want to make sure that we are. Um, you know, being clear, um, upfront with candidates about the application process. So that's something new that we are going to do this year as well.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, I want to ask you both just this idea of, um, you know, with, in a district, you sort of think about all the areas that a a district could sort of prioritize and put funding towards. And there's only, you know, only so much time and energy and only so many issues that you can sort of elevate and, and sort of say, this is our. Are are kind of driving issue so I mean just even kind of why why principles I mean not all not all districts make principal pipelines a a focus Um, so that's kind of the first part of the second question uh, the first part of the question and the second part of the question is you know what is I want to hear a little bit more about kind of this intentionality kind of making the intentional investments and and focus around this um, so that it's 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 worked
1: so this is Damaris. Um, so, so, Danny, I think first um, we wanted to make sure that um, we were focusing on research-based um, implications. So. Um, as you know, there's been multiple studies about the importance of principals on student academic achievement. So, you know, I think teachers are the number one, uh, but principals are number two. So, again, it just only makes sense that we focus on uh, putting the most highly prepared and capable individuals in those particular roles. So, hence the intentionality, I think, especially from Wallace, who, again, uh, for us, um, I think we couldn't have uh, moved as quickly as we did building our pipeline without the support from the Wallace Pipeline Initiative. But I think that was primary for us is that we knew that they had the most impact second to the teachers on student academic achievement. So we needed to focus on our uh, principals and making sure we had the best prepared folks in those particular, um, particular positions. And then going back to Dr. Ellis's comment earlier about standards, we had national standards that told us, you know, what uh, these individuals should be capable of doing um, as um, active and sitting principals. And so with us aligning um, What we wanted for our district, because again, I think people need to understand that the principalship is customized to, again, your geographic, your demographical needs, and what do you want those principals to be able to do should be driven by your unique needs and your unique Mm -hmm. school system. So by us using the the standards that were there uh, nationally, we crafted our own based on our needs and then looking at that impact of the principal and we were able to uh, put in place uh, a pipeline of things and programs that we knew would give us the type of principal that we needed in Prince George's County Public
0: Schools. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Allison, what, what are your thoughts on
2: that? I, I ditto, um, my colleague Demaris. I mean, I think for most of us, um, personally going through um, leadership courses and in our doctorate program, Damaris is working on her doctorate, we've all heard this research from (laughs) Leafwood et al. that leadership is second only to classroom instruction among all school related factors that contribute to what student learns at school. So it is paramount that you have a skilled leader in the seat. It's not going to move the dial on anything. Any initiative Mm -hmm. is not going to move unless you have a strong leader in the seat.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And and thanks for the shout out to, to the Wallace Foundation. They of course have been um, such a driving force behind you know principal pipelines and obviously in just, just school leadership writ large in terms of elevating this issue and you know the the sort of the you know the research base behind it. But then investing it, you know, obviously Prince George County was one of the um, principal pipeline initiative uh, districts as well as other places like Charlotte Mecklenburg and Denver. Um, and, and, and others um, but but that sort of investment is, is obviously important, and Wallace is doing the important thing of you know testing using these these districts as a as a sort of testing ground to, to kind of see what's possible, what works, and then thinking about how they can disseminate those findings to you know you know, advance the field, uh, which is obviously so important so across the country um, so so thanks for for that. And I, um, it's, 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 it's interesting when you say the, about talking about making it a priority and, you know, you you both mentioned the like number two most important in school factors is is school leadership. Um, it, It is interesting though, that it does take, you know, a district, you know, most districts let's say across the country probably, probably know that, you know, the leadership knows that, but that doesn't mean that there's actually programs to, to really, you know, support Principals per se, right? You know, you 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 recruit principals, you hire them, you place them, but then what? I mean, what is the what is the thing? Even though we all know this is such an important issue, and who you put in front of these schools, or who you pick to kind of lead these schools, and the staff development, and all the things that principals do. Yet, if a district doesn't really make, you know, that you know, intentional effort to, to to make sure there's the systems and the infrastructure to to get. These folks to, in these schools to lead these schools and to, to support good teaching and take good teaching to great teaching and, and really lead to, you know, strong student, uh, student achievement, um, it it might not just happen on its own. You, you have to kind of create the infrastructure.
1: Yeah, that's that's true statement. And while you were talking, Danny, I was thinking about, again, um, I think what, uh, you know, having the Wallace uh, initiative as part of... well having Wallace as a thought partner as we developed what we did I think it made us uh, more aware of hey because someone was a great teacher doesn't miraculously going it doesn't make them going to make them a miraculously great principal that there were areas that we needed to ensure that uh, these individuals uh, coming into the role had opportunities to build their skill sets around leadership so, if you know, as, as a large district, as us, we always have people who say, hey, I want to become an assistant principal, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And um, there was never any testing ground, I think. We had various programs over the years, but I think what we were able to carve out during our development of our PPI, meaning principal pipeline, was that we were able to be more intentional about the programming. And what did we want these individuals to know um, and be able to do as they were positioning themselves to get into the roles of either uh, you know again assistant principal or a, uh, a principal's seat, so I think really thinking about that and and districts thinking about well, how are we doing that, and how are we are we do, are we doing a good enough job, and what are the things that we are infusing into? the development of those individuals who will be sitting in your pool and be ready for the principalship when the time comes. And I think part of our work was really uh, recognizing that, hey, we needed to beef up how we supported our system principals. And one of the biggest takeaways for us was that, you know, we needed to focus on the programming that we were offering our system principals, because those individuals would be our pool. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that uh, we, we've we done a, a good job of, and a couple of programs have come out of, of, of that focus on the assistant principal uh, role and getting them prepared for the principalship. Because some people would assume, hey, that's not a big stretch.
0: Mm-hmm. But it is.
1: <laughs> there mm-hmm. are some things that you need to focus on um, in developing in your APs to get them ready to take the helm of a school, per se. So mm-hmm. I think that would be something that, uh, you know, we would put out there for other districts who are considering uh, building their own uh, principal pipeline.
0: Principal pipeline. Yeah, and that's the thing, right, is that principals, uh, the principal that you need this fall in 2020 is not someone that you start looking for now, today, you know, February 2020, right? right? <laughs> is, a, is a, you know, however many, three or five year process, you're looking at great, you know, great teachers who, who become APs and then you're looking at the, the pool of APs and, and really thinking about who that pool is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's um, just give folks a kind of a sense of um, specific to Prince George's County with the sort of um, talking about Principle, principal pool of uh, principals. Um, you know that kind of recruitment that recruitment process a little bit more, and then once they're in the role, how does um, Prince George's kind of support? Um, certainly those novice principals and then even even a little, a little bit later in, into their uh, careers. So the, the recruitment piece and then the ongoing support. Um, um, and, and also just one other question related to, is how many, how many kind of principals do you place annually in, in sort of new schools?
2: Okay. So um, I'll start with the first part um, about recruitment. So we do, infer- we do offer info sessions for some of our programs. Um, and so that's a way to introduce to prospective um, applicants um, or participants in the program that may show sure interest. But I would say the biggest um, recruitment is word of mouth. Hmm. So we leverage the participants who are in programs to be our truth tellers. So they go out, they go through the program, they're able to obtain um, a position, the majority of the um, participants, and then they go out and they, and they just spread how this program was beneficial to them. So I would say that has been our strongest um, um, recruitment effort. Like I said, we do do internal advertising. We do leverage on just um, observations. So we're out in the field, we visit schools, we have leadership coaches, we have instructional directors, different people in all types of leadership roles. They have an opportunity to see individuals in their, in their prospective roles and sometimes Um, they can speak to those individuals and encourage them to apply because they can see the potential of the talent there. So that's another way that we um, are able to tap um, potential candidates as well, Mm -hmm. um, by actually seeing individuals in the field um, doing the great work. Mm -hmm. Um, On average, um, we have had in the past, I would say we would hire about 30 plus principals yearly Um, this year we were down to 21 I think I think that's the correct number 21 this year which is a little lower Um, and maybe we should be around the same this year if not lower Um, our assistant principal pool um, historically has On average been around maybe 30 to 35 principals, uh, assistant principals yearly. Um, This year was a smaller number as well. We only have um, 21 um, new assistant principals this year. And some of that could be attributed to, um, you know, um, retirements or promotions. So, um, and then sometimes principals can um, Put in their budget if they have a little bit more flexibility um, in terms of students increasing their enrollment and maybe they need an extra um, administrator and so they can purchase the position. So we've uh-huh. had different factors that have contributed to the influx of numbers um, yearly for the um, either increase or decline in the assistant principal vacancy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a variety, um, variety of factors can can kind of
2: yes. influence
0: uh-huh. number of openings, Yep.
1: And, and Danny, one of the other things that I think, again, we did um, early on with the idea of building the pipeline was we established um, some really significant partnerships with universities. Um, I would, again, that would be probably one of the, the major components of us being able to uh, build that pool of individuals. That uh, would be pulled into our pipeline. So, again, we started with these university partnerships, uh, uh, talking to the universities about what we wanted in a principal at the end of the day. And so, hence, as you know, usually you have to first get your admin one certification. And that's a series of courses that you take, um, uh, you know, graduate level courses that you take with the university. So, talking to the university partners and ensuring that. Uh, their programming was aligned to what we we wanted um, was, I think, significant. And then being able to articulate to those candidates who are in those programming that these are partners of ours that we've discussed about what are we looking for in, a, in an assistant principal and a principal. And then being able to have those individuals, um, again, acknowledge or know that we would be looking for individuals that uh, come out of these programs because we know that hence you guys have that robust preparation and understanding uh-huh. of what it's like to be a principal in prince george's county so it was it was very strategic as, as well, so that when they when they were ready, Dr. Ellis and her team had a pool of people that knew that they were in a program that was a, with with a partner that was established um, that would provide them with the adequate preparation to become a leader. And then these individuals would be, again, sort of like the top, the mm-hmm. top of the, the pool to be pulled from if there were individuals who wanted to move forward into the applicant pool. Mm-hmm. So it was really about being intentional about how we, sort of like the pre-development of folks mm-hmm. um, and, and communicating those opportunities against tying it into the recruitment, communicating those opportunities to individuals who we thought would be most uh, suited to the role and who, are, who showed interest in becoming principals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, thanks to you both, that was, that was really, really helpful. Um, I, and uh, just that you used that word intentional again. I mean, again, you, if, if, if you're kind of not thinking about the whole system, you're not thinking about preparation and, and what you know higher ed is doing, and then you go to your pool and, and sort of hire folks and they don't meet you know the kind of the skills and, and kind of knowledge base that that you expect. Then you're, you're you're stuck, right? So you you've kind of done that that kind of gone way upstream back to kind of prep and said, here's what we need. Um, you have that kind of feedback loop that you're you're basically the you the district or the consumer. Of, of their of their graduates right of, of kind of principal candidates
2: absolutely
0: and so if you're kind of telling the you know the, i don't know the, not the producer but kind of that this is what we need um you're i you, you absolutely can see why that's why that's so important um so you know that's that's really really helpful i um, i was just thinking about when when you're both talking you know all of the <laughs> all of the kind of parts of the system you know there's just there's there's so many um, kind of moving parts and kind of making it work to get to the ultimate point of you know, hiring and selecting and placing the, the right person that, that you want um, to kind of lead a school. Um, so yeah, would I, so on that point actually, um, I wanna ask you about, uh, about funding as well, but since we're on this, this kind of topic of, of pipelines, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, and let's say you're you're principal, uh, you know, somewhere around the country, and and you're thinking, you know, my my district does a, a, a good job; they they seem to support our school as well. Um, but I, I really do wish there was a more kind of laser-like focus on school leadership and really trying to elevate the profession and really get sort of the best folks in in kind of leading schools. Um, and they might be in a position where, huh, maybe I could maybe have a conversation with. Someone in central office, or our district, or maybe even our superintendent, about why um, we should look at trying to kind of boost maybe a principal, a principal pipeline in our our district. Uh, what would each of you say, kind of to that to that person who who's, who might be thinking of of, of uh, engaging in that advocacy?
1: That's a, that's a good question. So, <laughs> so for me, I mean, just to even start, I would, you know again, recommend that they do their research. Uh, One, to research on their own system. So what has been done in the past and what is currently being done and then before they go in to talk to anyone, identify areas that they think that could be for improvement because of basically looking at the past historical context of how they prepared principals in the past and what they're currently doing. So that would be the first step because I think that's one of the steps that we took, and one of the things that Wallace allowed us to do within um, you know the principal pipeline is to do sort of like an inventory of what were our what were our programs like prior to, and what were we doing now and what would we like to do better? Um, and I think that helps with um, going into a conversation <laughs> with central office or, you know, uh, the superintendent with some strategic um, pieces in place. So, you know, you've done sort of like an inventory of mm-hmm. where we are at the school system with principal preference. So that would be the first mm-hmm. step. And then the other, the other advice I would, um, Give them is there's some, there are two documents that I think would be very, very helpful for them to read. The, um, with the Wallace work, we did, um, a series of evaluations. It was a really deep dive into the developing of the pipelines with all of the six, uh, PPI districts. So I would recommend some reading if they had the time. On, uh, one of the documents is sustaining a principal pipeline. And that was done by, uh, PSA, um, and that can be found on the Wallace website because that kind of outlines the, the journey for all of the six districts as they went through building the pipeline. And then the other one, I know you're going to bring up this later, um, Danny, the cost piece, but, and that, that's a bit of a sicker read. So, I mean, you might, they might want to scan that, um, to prepare them for that conversation, uh, with executive leadership, but I would also recommend, the RAND report, Um, And that was a cost study that Mm -hmm. Rand did on, uh, you know, the cost implications for building a PPI. Um, So those both can be found on the Wallace uh, website, but I would recommend that they read through that and and be able to take some notes on that and bring that into the conversation as well. So those would be my two points of advice for any principal listening to this podcast and wanting to
2: broach the conversation with their executive leadership. That's great advice. Yeah, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with um, Damaris on those points. In addition, um, once you um, do that internal or being introspective about, um, to Damaris's point about what your needs are and what is what are the deficits and what is your desired outcome, I would then um, look for districts that are similar. Uh, to your prospective district, and maybe they have a pipeline and there's something that is of interest, maybe you can reach out and connect with those individuals and you are able to glean more information about some of the challenges and how they were able to sustain, you know develop and sustain their pipeline. Um, one of the great things for us um, the opportunity that was afforded is that we had the opportunity to visit districts that were similar to us, and we learned so much information from those districts going to visit. Um, Gwinnett um in Georgia and Hillsboro and Tampa and Denver, um I'm missing one um and Broward County. Um the yeah. only one that we didn't visit was um Charlotte, but so much helpful information shared um that they're willing to share with you. So um Hey, you can't beat that free information.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, a- and, and as yeah, and Dr. And Dr. Ellis mentioned, I think one of the other benefits from, from us being part of this uh, I would say, you know, collaborative. That's what I'm gonna call the the PPI districts, was that we built um partnerships with these d- districts that still linger today. Like mm-hmm. Dr. Ellis could call Hins- Hillsborough and, and ask a question or or whatever the case may be. So I think that's like really uh, helpful advice is that um, build a collective um, with other similar districts who are on the trajectory of, of doing the same work or have already done the work um, because you can learn a lot uh, for them and again that's great advice because when you're going into a conversation with executive leadership they may ask like so where else is this happening yeah. and so forth and so on and you'll have that ready information so in those two documents that I, that I mentioned you will have the list of the six PPI districts and Dr. Ellis just mentioned um, mentioned I think five of them and then she also mentioned the PSI which is the principal supervisor initiative district Broward County was one of those we were able to establish a great relationship with them around building principal supervisors because in the work of building the PPI we, we realized okay now we need to uh, start to build a pipeline for folks who are going to be able to supervise all these wonderful principals that we're building and so the principal supervisor initiative was Um, introduced to us through the Wallace Foundation and we were able to do some work around that and there's a whole slew of districts who participated in that work as well and we were able to build relationships with them so yeah building that collective of collaborators to help you uh, think through uh, what your PPI should be or look like as it relates to your specific needs I think is is paramount
0: yeah that's uh... That's great advice from you know from both of you. I think those are I I, I like it's very um, it's concrete and, and, and specific, but also really good because I think um, you know, the idea of, you know, doing some research and, and having some of that those ideas to come to the table is, is really smart. Um, and Demary, the, the the two documents that you mentioned, I'll I'll include the link for those in in the show notes of this episode. So for those of you listening to this podcast, if you go into the um, the, to the show notes page on, uh, of this podcast, um, you'll be able to click on on those links there. Um, and so the last thing, so in the, in 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 sort of thinking about this idea that, that folks might want to um, you know push for for similar work to happen in, in their own district, one of the first. Um, some might call it obstacles others might call it an opportunity to have a conversation but is is the question of of sort of funding you know yeah that's great we would love to to kind of you know do this work but we just don't have the funding we have these other priorities over here um so dr ellis can you just tell us um just kind of high level what what the funding sources um what the funding sources for um, the principal pipeline work in Prince George's County, where does that funding come from?
2: So it initially started um, through the Wallace Foundation Grant um, in 2011, it was a five year grant. Um, and I think we were able at one point and the American can chime in, there may have been an extension of that at some point, but I think now we have fully um, sunset it out of all of those funds. So after um, having $12.5 million to uh, lead the work over a five-year period, um, it was our um, boss's charge to figure out a way to sustain that. And he was able to do that by having conversations with the um, superintendent at the time about the importance of the work and making it a priority in the um, budget in his particular budget that he manages for the Office of Talent Development. So that is how, um, even though we didn't have that large sum of money anymore, um, we're still able to continue on with our programs. Um, One program that I would say that is really the cost factor for us because, as the grant, there was um, a creation of the my position, which is the school um, leadership program supervisor, as well as leadership development coaches. And the coaches were attached to be the program facilitators and coaches that supported all of our novice leaders, whether they were principals or assistant principals, and they provided wraparound services throughout the school year um, to those individuals. So that was a component that um, he advocated for to maintain in the budget. Um, and then we created this, um, principal pipeline program, our residency program that started in 2015. So with that program, you're now requesting four additional FTEs because with this position, um, uh, an assistant principal applies to become a resident. They assume the position and then they are paid the salary now of a principal. Mm-hmm. And so now that school that lost an AP has to get an AP, and then you have to fund the four uh, residents. And so you're like, oh my gosh, why are we doing this? But we are now on our fifth cohort, and our placement rate is about 95%, and those individuals are still sitting in those principal roles. It is the most authentic experience that one could um, experience prior to assuming the role of principal. It's an uh-huh. expensive cost, but it's right. the most authentic because they're in a year-long residency with the principal doing the work side by side, getting on the um, spot coaching, um, and it's a gradual release model, but it is one of our strongest programs that we have. And so the long and skinny of it is that um the individual that is in charge of the program at at our time at the time um um dr anthony was the person that was um the voice or the arbiter to be able to speak about the importance of the work and the value that it would bring to the district and it was just investment from executive leadership to continue to fund those um positions and that's kind of like where we are now yeah
0: Um, yeah. It's high. It's high. High impact work, and, and you said you know it's you know it's it can be you know kind of it can be costly, but you know the the truth is as you know the you know the Mary's that um, that study that you referenced that that Rand study you know that you know found that on average you know principal pipelines cost 0.4 percent of a district budget. So yeah. less less than yeah. half, a, less than half a percent. So I mean, you know, sometimes we get caught up in even these numbers. Oh, you know, it's expensive to kind of do this work. But on when you, when you think about all of where all the all the funding that a, you know that a district you know puts and invests in, you know, this is um, this seems to be like a pretty good uh, ROI.
1: Yeah. So again, you're right. So as people, you know, take a look at the cost study that we did. The cost itself to Um, you know to to leverage a PPI or principal pipeline I should say inside of your school district is not that huge if you you know looking at the big picture Um, you know and and so again just just speaking in in that voice of you know advocating for PPI for districts who do not have this huge grant I do want to say that in Prince George's County at the time when we received the grant we were already doing some of this work, again, right. taking a look at where we are with um, preparation and the intentionality of developing our principles. So what we, what we do wanna you know, give all credit to Wallace for is that what they did do for us, having that infusion, of course, that $12.5 million was to expedite the work. So yeah. we were able to go a lot further, um, uh, much quicker, because we had those funds. But for okay. a district who doesn't have those funds, there's no reason why you cannot build a, a principal pipeline within your district. I, I think one of the first things that we did um, in the work was to develop our uh, leader standards that cost nothing but human capital, meaning people sitting at a table discussing mm-hmm. what are the outcomes for individuals who we want to be in these principal seats and taking a look of what the na- nation was saying with the ISLIC standards, that was the standards at the time, and what we were looking for in principles and merging the two to develop our, um, our own standards. Uh, since then, we have, um, you know, did a cross work crosswalk and we are now using the pso standards to guide our leadership development in in prince george's county public schools but again that didn't cost any any money Um, you know when i say money i'm talking about tangible cost with it i mean it did cost time of of employees but no no tangible external funds. and i would say also you know looking at how you are managing um the, your internal resources already, the ones that you have. So we did, you know, leverage some of our Title II funds at the time and, and put that with some of our Wallace funds. So taking a look at what funding sources that you currently have and that you could uh, manipulate in various ways to, to uh, get started on, um, you know, whatever you feel is a priority, uh, uh, you know, in getting, you, uh, getting that kickstart. Of of a PPI, so I don't want to. I do not want people to be discouraged after hearing about our work. You know, we had twelve point five million dollars. There's some things that were done uh, again prior to and and even when we had the Wallace money that did not have huge costs uh, aligned to it. Um, And and so you know those things could be done. And then also, if you do have a small bucket of grant money, my advice is to uh, think about uh, how you're gonna use that money with the end in mind. One of the things we did was we thought about sustainability very early on in our programming. We knew that the $12.5 million was not gonna be there forever. So what Dr. Ellis referenced was that, you know, all of these programs that we may have paid initially partners to help us write and develop, we knew that um, at the end of the day, we needed to own these programs. We needed to have the FTEs in place to continue to implement these programs. And again, having that individual, um, you know, in place to have those conversations with executive leadership to ensure that that would happen, that, that, you know, those things happen. So we have the staffing now to continue to run these programs without having to pay an external partner to help us to run we tweak and edit the content as we see fit based on the needs the changing needs in the district because we own the curriculum so that would be another piece of advice that I would give to any school district who's listening that if they wanted to do their own you know pipeline it's okay it's okay to to get a partner to help you get started but also be very clear to that partner that you owned You will own your curriculum and you will own all of the elements and have the right to adjust as needed, and that way you do not have to incur these ongoing costs that can be sometimes uh, tied up into some of the work when you're doing uh, principal pipeline or any type of leadership development work, to be honest, in in a school system. Mm Mm -hmm. so sustainability being part of any of the thinking that you're going to start and i the last piece i would be uh be mindful to mention especially related to cost is to build your internal partners Um, And, you know, most of the time people think about partnerships, external, and I mentioned the university partners, and we have a great relationship with our university partners. But building internal partners as well, meaning large school districts like us, we could tend to be siloed. Every division is doing their own thing. Department is doing their own thing. One of the things that we try to do is to build partnerships internally. We try to build the partnerships with our curriculum and instruction. We build partnerships with our IT because you're going to need those folks as well. So making sure they're uh part of the conversations as you're building the pipeline is very very important because those people are going to be the folks who uh could help you sustain fiscally the programming or the wraparound supports that you need for the programming moving forward
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's um great advice and those are very all tangible really kind of turnkey ideas that i, I think um Folks will find really, really useful. I, I just wanted to quick say your, your point on the, you know, the standards pieces is, is really smart in that, you know, that doesn't necessarily take, you know, new dollars. I mean, that can, I can, you know, start with the conversation around the table and even what are the current, what are the current standards in our, our district? And, um, you know, this is an area because of kind of PISO and, 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 and um, you know, those which were released a few years ago and sort of states and districts adopting, adopting those um you know i'm not going to say you can sort of adopt them wholesale but you know starting with either p cell standards themselves or other other districts that have you know basically done a variation of them um you know that's it's pretty low-hanging fruit in terms of it's there and you know you can start with those and and get you know sort of as a as a way to react to something and and think about you know how those could potentially become the um, you know, the the sort of North Star for kind of what your your district would want to do on a principal pipeline. So, um, and then the last thing I, I just want to um, highlight that um, one of you said, I, I don't remember who, uh, which one of you said, but just is the highlighting of, you know, the Title II funds, um, that's something at the, the federal level that, um, you know, we in DC and ESP, um, it is our, one of our, if not our, our top um, kind of legislative uh, priority, and that we are pushing for that funding. Now we just got, there was a, a budget that was just released by the administration um, just a couple of weeks ago that again called to kind of uh, completely eliminate that program. Um, we have over the past few years been able to kind of maintain it at around. 2.1 billion dollars and um, just trying to tell the story of, of why you know those funds are so important and, and again this is another example of you know you all on the ground doing such important work um, of, of, of school leadership work in in districts and the importance of those funds and you know why that matters so much so um, yeah so appreciate you uh you both I I um Demarius I got connected with with you a few years ago you were recommended because of your work in Prince George's County and you know Dr. Ellis, I, uh, was I heard great things about you about the work that you all are doing and man we uh, you two were uh, certainly an an, an all star team uh, here on on our for, you know our our podcast guest so appreciate you both coming on uh, talking about your your work it's really really high impact work it matters so much um, and you know the 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 schools and and ultimately the the kids in Prince George's County, you know, really benefit from from the work that you're all doing. Um, it matters. It's not always easy, but it's so important. And so we really really appreciate all that you're doing.
1: Well, Danny, thank you. We,
0: thank you.
1: We appreciate we <laughs> appreciate uh, uh, again NAESP They were one of our original partners uh, when we started with the Wallace work. Um, so you know, again we can't thank you all enough for all that you've done with uh you know with with us as as a school system and and being in close proximity as you all are you all have been good thought partners uh, over the years and and we look forward to continuing our relationship and being able to uh provide guidance um you know around what we've done and what we're continuing to to uh learn and do around principal pipeline so thank you again for having us on we really appreciate it
0: yeah, of course. Looking forward to doing it again sometime. All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you.
0: Appreciate it. Take care.
1: Bye bye.